or extorted by this prisoner, please contact customer service at 855-466. subject matter of the preceding podcast is entirely alleged and not admissible in a court of law. A recklessly minimal effort has been taken to change the names and details of any guilty parties. And just in case you rat bastards get any ideas, the hosts of this podcast are notorious and well-documented liars with no legally admissible credibility. This is Mama C, and you're listening to Notes from the Pin Podcast. Welcome to prison, bitch. Hello. I'm not doing the normal memorized automatic greetings from the prison industrial complex. You are listening to the Notes from the Pin podcast. That's what I'm not doing. I'm just saying hello today. So that's the type of mood I'm in. Hello. You're listening to stuff. And I'm a person and I'm saying words. And with me today, though, I should uh, actually introduce who I have with me, who has been a real anchor in every sense of the word. Uh, is anchor bad? Anchor, holding someone down? Is anchor used as a negative thing? Uh, like you're a weight around my neck? <laughs> the weight around, the genetic weight around my neck with me today, as always, the incomparable, the inexhaustible, the loving Mama C. Hey. Word. Hey. Hey. Words, words, words. <laughs> I, um... Uh, a lot has happened since uh, we've done. It's been a little bit since we've done an episode, no? Yeah, it has been a while. Been it's been a while. Um, a lot has happened. Kyle's left. He's been quickly replaced by uh, an amazing writer who's also half German and half Asian. Right. Who yeah, I know. Um, and so there's a there's a bunch of notes from the week stuff material to catch up on. But I like going with. Uh, it's hard for me to go through the motions with any of this stuff. And, and that's not to say that there's not times where I start the, an episode like, oh, we need to do something, you know, because this is like part of the agreement we have between the pebbles and, and all of us involved in this weird experiment. And so I do it. But for the most part, I like it to, to, to come off naturally or to be something I'm feeling. And I've been tooling around with this idea and um, this reoccurring thought, a realization keeps coming to me. And, um, you know, that's what this, this show is about. It's about what we're going through when we're going through it. And I think everyone can relate to this. So I am under three years to my earliest release date, ERD. Yay! Um, but, yeah, I'm finally under three years. And when I first came down, I'm doing – the way it works in Michigan is you don't get a sentence. We have what's called mandatory minimums, meaning no good time. But what, what that means in, in action is it means your sentence has – a beginning and an end, and, and you can get out anywhere within the beginning of the end. The beginning is called your ERD, the tail is called your tail or your max, the end of it is called your tail or your max. Now, most people, the way um, truth and sentencing was designed was basically that when you get to your ERD, because you can't earn any time off, when you get to your ERD, barring just outrageous, outlandish behavior, if you're an immediate threat to society, you're supposed to get out on your, on your ERD. Um, doesn't really work like that anymore. So it, what ends up happening is that that shit starts shifting the sentences towards the heavier side. Anyways, when I came down, I had, at the earliest I could get out was was just under 12 years. And the latest I could get out was 19 years. So I'm doing basically 12 to 19. And I, I, I always plan on getting out on the first one because I'm going to stay out of trouble. I'm going to college. I'm, you know, doing doing the stuff I need to do as far as 
getting out of prison, the first opportunity I get. But along the way, you have to have these little, looking at 12 years, that's a long look. My vision is, isn't quite that good. I have to, so you have to break it down, and I broke it down into little steps. And the first one was 10 years. When I get under 10 years, right, when I get the single digits, that's the one. That's the one. I can see that. I started with 12. I can get down to nine. And when I'm down to nine, now it's single single years. It's manageable. And um, I think being, around, being in level four and being around people who are doing life sentences helped me to look at nine years as a smaller, more manageable sentence, you know. I don't know how it was for you when all this happened. I know, I know it was tough on you. I know you didn't really understand what happened, and you were we, were we were on the other side of the country from one another, and I was basically alone and didn't really understand anything. And, and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure I, I know that was tough on you. But what did um, how did you kind of address the? Well, I mean, when you heard like my sentence, what what was your thought? Oh, I was crushed. <clears throat> it was it was really hard. I first of all I didn't understand uh why it was so harsh. And then once the reality set in that that that's what was going to be for me it was really long and hard. Uh because uh, that's what she said. <laughs> that's good. I you, love you, can kiddo. we say this real quick? I love you, kiddo. You you were you flew up here. And you were in you were in court when I took my plea and because it wasn't a trial, um, and when I got sentenced, you were in there, and um, it was nice because it was I think it was Amber, Shane, you and Pops were the only people sitting on my side. Right. And then there was a million other people that were just um, there's a ton, remember there was news people there and everything. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of people there, and um, yeah, I don't. It's hard for me. It's weird. It's hard for me even to talk about it now after all this time. I kind of like um, How long? put it in the back of my head. I don't think about that. I just think I'll about good at that. I think about the now and what's going to happen tomorrow. And I can't You're look right. too far ahead because the first time you filed for your for a commutation, um, I was so excited. I was like, "Oh my god, this is it. This is it." And then when it didn't happen, and I started doing research. Uh, on commutations, I was just crushed. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Um, so Do you, um, no, go ahead. Well, so um, I, I learned the hard way not to think about it uh, right. until that day comes, but to be hopeful and to work hard towards you know you getting out. Oh my God, that's gonna be so well, how nice. Does it, <laughs> how does it feel so far? How does it feel like it's we're we're at the end, or does it feel you know? Um, it, it's kind of both. It's, it's like, um, it seems like it's taken so long to get to the point that you're at now, but at the same time, it's like, oh my God, has that many years gone by already? Right. Cause do you remember being in court? Like it was like vivid. I know one of yeah. Mama C's specials is like burying that shit, which a lot of people from your generation do, I feel like. Um, and, and maybe too much of the newest generation pours everything out on the table there's probably some happy medium there but does that seem like it was um because i remember it pretty vividly and you know what's crazy do you remember i had to read i didn't have to i could read a statement upon sentencing and i did you remember yeah you and, did. Uh, do you remember that and i turned around and read it to monica's parents, parents yes 
Yes. Right. And I was bawling. And um, the news took that and put it, I didn't realize this, but when I got to quarantine, there was a dude that when we were getting processed in and I'm like in the, the beginning stages of this new universe where um, a dude was like, hey man, are you from up by Traverse City? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I saw you on the news reading your thing or whatever. And um, my first reaction was like, great. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm no hoe. I'm not soft or anything. Like, um, so I don't know what this dude's getting at. And he goes, he looked at me and he said, man, I'm so sorry for what happened. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm so sorry for everything that happened. And he was like young. He was like around my age, you know? And, uh, I said, man, thanks. I, you know, I really appreciate that. Whatever. I kind of just nodded my head, you know, but <clears throat> it was kind of cool. Like that moment to have someone kind of be empathetic, um, instead of trying to be a tough guy the whole way through, which, which most people do, especially at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but the reason I, the reason I'm bringing this up and, and once again, I'm at that, I'm, I'm facing the conundrum of, I don't, of causality where I don't know if, if what I'm about to say, what I'm thinking or feeling is a natural part of aging or if it's just a part of, of being an, a byproduct of being in prison so long, probably both. It's probably some mixture of the two, but the reason I talk about this, you know, you, you, you have these milestones. First, it was um, single digits. And then, it, for whatever reason, it was four years was my next one. I thought, if I can just get down to four years, then I can count the years like quarters in a dollar, you know, like just one. Um, but now, but it quickly became three because then it's like two years and some change, and, and which is, I literally, it was October 3rd that I was under three years, technically. Um, that's my ERD, October 3rd, 2025. And so, um, but just saying that, right? I know it's a dangerous way to do it, like, because technically, it's, all, I mean, not technically, it's almost three years still, for all intents and purposes, still three years. But there's something about hearing that, like, giving yourself these mile markers or these symbols in order to, like, keep you holding on, to, like, maintain you know, like I said, I, I look at prison a lot, like holding your breath. You know, a, a lot of people can hold their breath for a minute, um, but certainly most, almost everyone can hold their breath for five seconds. So the first five seconds, ten, that stuff's a little easier, um, but you assume the closer you get to your, your minute mark or 12-year mark or whatever your mark is that you're going to be like, ooh, I'm almost out. But what you forget is that's how long it's been since you've taken a breath as well, so it, it gets harder. Um, as you go. But I think that applies to life in general. And recently, I kind of talked to JD about this, and, and I think this applies to everyone. I just looked up and thought basically, days in prison go by in a blur because of the routines we have. So, like, when you, it's like this weird catch 22 because routines are necessary to get shit done efficiently and once you figure a way out to do something and in the order to do it in, whether it's like, okay, when I wake up, I turn the coffee pot on first then I brush my heat or whatever it is and then when you get to work and whatever it is you have to do for work, you clock in and then go do this. and that. You, you, They're necessary because obviously you figured out a, an efficient way or a preferred way to do things and it becomes easier not taking up a bunch of brain power um, on the stuff because you already know it, right? But one of the things that, that the, the downsides of it is, is it it smears time into like a paste. 
right? And there's no real signifiers or markers that, that, that yank your head up to look around. And, and when you're in that mode, years can just blow by and you go, holy shit, like, okay, I said by, in my 20s I was going to go travel a bunch and do this, that, and the other thing, or whatever it is, and now I'm in my 30s and that blew by. Um, but then you fall back right into the, to the routine and monotony of life. Yeah, I looked up again recently, and, and I try to look up all the time, I mean, as frequently as I can, but in prison it's really it's really hard because there's only so many things you can do. And, and being under three years now, looking at the time I have left, it's bittersweet because I start doing math, scary math, which all, I guess all math should be scary to people because it's terrible and I hate it. Yeah, but you're Asian, but, so... Right, which is really wrong for me to hate. It's my German side. Hello. You have one minute remaining. Mama C with a racist zinger. It's okay. Some of her best kids are Asian. She can say that's uh, her favorite. Anyways, um, yeah. And, and let me explain this. what scary math is. This is my version of scary math, right? So I, I, I'm a realist. I get sentenced to 12 years in prison. I'm in my early 30s, and I quickly do the math and go, okay, 12 years, I'm going to be, I don't think of it once, I'm going to have just turned 45 a couple months before, so I'm like, okay, all right, I can do this, okay, 45, I'm going to be 45 when I get out, I'm going to be 45 when I get out, I'm going to be 40 fucking five when I get out, <laughs> holy shit, I'm going to be five years from 50 when I get out, and so in a way, you can fall into a mindset in here where prison doesn't count, where, where those 12 years don't count. So it's almost like, in my mind, I'm jumping from 32, 33 to 45, which is basically, let's round up, that's 50, basically 50. And once you're 50, what do you got, 10 more years before, no offense, Mom, or any of the viewers. <laughs> Thank you for using GTL. Hey. So, yeah, hey. so right back into it. So, you know, 45 when I get out, five years of building a foundation, getting established, as Kyle would say, um, and then, what, 10 years before I'm 60, and which is fine until you think about how quick the last 10 years, almost 10 years in prison went by. And then so I go, oh, shit, like, I have, I'm going to have, I'm going to have about the same amount of time in the rest of my life to do this shit that I, all the shit I want to do that I just spent in prison hoping it would zoom by. And then that math starts scaring you and you really start thinking about when you see when you, I, for me, when I think about the numbers of it all and the finite amount of them that you have here, you start thinking, Oh no, no, like this shit does come to an end at some point. And there's only so many years you're going to have and being closer to the end than you are the beginning is um, I think can be a scary thing, especially when you remember being 15, 23, 30, or whatever it is. You remember these these flashes of, of times like they were really recent, and it makes you. This goes back to my my common fear of being on my deathbed and and having regrets. And so, yeah, I've been I've just been kind of thinking about that. Um, do you have any of these? Because I, I ask you because you have. Um, a real tendency to just any unpleasant shit you kind of you just avoid altogether. And I'll I'll bring it up with you sometimes. I can tell it makes you uncomfortable. You know, uh, you 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll, do you I'll, have any thoughts? I, I do, not necessarily for me, but for you. You know, the thoughts I have are, um, like, what's it going to be like when you're, like, two weeks away from getting out? Uh, I worry for that you might have anxiety, and I'm sure that part would be normal. I mean, uh, I'm not. I'm not even worried about that anxiety. That, that anxiety is going to be about what am I going to do? I'm talking about, I'm talking about an anxiety with a capital A, meaning a life anxiety, anxiety right. about, about the fact that most of, that, most of the water is under the bridge already. Okay. And that you start looking around and going, God damn, for all we know, I suspect there might be some variation on this, but for all we know for sure is we just get this one. We know that for sure. And this one, when, when the when the sand through that fucking hourglass is 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 steeper than it is on the bottom than it is deep on the top, you um, I don't know that I, there's there's a uh, there's a there's a thing that's like, oh 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 wait what like no 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 like let's I don't wanna you know yeah I don't worry about that with you here's why you <clears throat> you already have these visions you're so first of all you're so creative. And you've got all these wonderful ideas um, that you want to put in play when you get out. And just Mama. just knowing you, Mama. what? I'm not talking about you worrying about me. I'm talking about you worrying, of, relating to the feeling of anxiety with a capital A that 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 life feels a lot shorter than you thought it was going to be when you're on the other end of the halfway mark. I do feel like um, that I don't. I don't live as much as I probably should, and my motivation is partly from you. I feel like I've had a great life, and I don't worry too much about that kind of stuff anymore. Being in the military, we've been able to, to live all over the world. I'm very fortunate that way. We lived in different parts of the country. Even when we got out of the military, uh, we moved down to the Keys just to try something different. Um, we we moved out here out west to try something different, uh, to experience different air, cultures and people. So you started swinging. Why well, did? Yeah, it's a, no, it's a, <laughs> to try something different. Um, <laughs> but that's your journey, and I respect it uh, yeah. completely. You started. I saw a party, Judy, down in the Keys, and that's kind of the point, right? So realizing. That the the that there's like this sand trap of I just do I talk and like everything I say is a fucking metaphor, and uh and uh, it's just like one on top of the other. It's like uh, some would say it's like a uh, dominoes one on top of each other. Some would say <laughs> my metaphor about my metaphors are like files in a filing cabinet. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, I was just wondering if it's <laughs> shout out right. Uh, anyways. I had just you know me. I have the theories about everything, but I kind of realized that one of the one of the blurs of time that happened. That's kind of what I fear, right? The, in the same way that I kind of wake up and I go, "Oh shit, this amount of time has passed." That what stops that from happening out there? Because like at some point, it's, I'm going to be on the other end of sixty, going, "Oh shit, I'm there." You know what happened? And and I realized that the thing that blurs time, the thing that makes lets time pass without you snagging, like, the sharp, shiny chunks of it to remember, is monotony. It's daily routine and monotony. That's what does it. That's what blurs time. 
and allows it to slide under you without you actually like valuing it or, or putting it to its best use. Right. And, um, as far as I can see, like I said, it's, it's, it's necessary that we have routines and, and, and stuff like that. But if you want the things, basically the things I remember that aren't just lost to the, the monotony of boringness of, of the mundane root daily routines that, that you, you don't even remember. So they might as well not even happen to you. Um, you know, aside from, you know, the money you saved while working or whatever it is, whatever, whatever trivial shit that is, or the family you build, blah, 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 the grandkids, whatever, all the meaningless stuff is, is the things I remember are the novel, the, the, I guess the, the, the farther outside of the, the farther distance those, the, those, an act is from monotonous or routine the more you remember it, whether it's negative or positive at all. You know, you're going to have a traumatic event you remember, and it's all part of your your notches in the timeline instead of just, you know, some people's timelines skip big old chunks if you were to draw it out. It'd be like, was born this day, um, went to school this day 12 years later, you know, went to college, whatever. But the things that seem to stand out are the truly novel shit, and there's, there's, a, there's a proportionality to the things that make up your life, meaning the memories that you build that you can retrieve and recall, and you're like, oh, I remember that. That was awesome. I can feel exactly what that felt like, has to do with how novel they are, meaning how far outside of normal, everyday shit. There's something that that crystallizes that shit in your memory, you know? And, yeah. uh, and when I came to prison, I decided I'm not going to be one of those people that counts the time I serve in prison as lost forever, as not counting, as being paused, a video game paused on my life, you know? And so because of that, it's allowed me to do a bunch of stuff. I, I'm like, I'm going to write about it. I'm going to tweet about it. I'm going to record episodes. I'm going to do all these different things. And, you know, life has become very novel for me in a lot of ways, in, in a place where it shouldn't be allowed, where, where it's actively, you know, angled against. And so I guess I'm saying that if you want to stop if you want to have more little pinpoints on your timeline where you would actually write something in, indulge in the novelty of life. Find novel things to do. And this is something that sprung up with you recently. You're slowly becoming slightly agoraphobic in your, in your older years. I am. It's weird. I never thought I would be like that. I think it's a combination right. of... COVID, you know, being kind of locked down yeah. for a while with COVID because of Pop's illness. We really had to be super careful. And yeah. um, moving out west to a new area where there's lots of desert yeah, and lots of long roads. <laughs> uh, well, well, but I'm getting better. I- I'm learning to overcome it. Well, well, yeah, well, we kind of had to talk about it. And, and little uh, Amber was out there recently with the, with the with the grandbaby and you got to hang out with him and i talked to amber and i hadn't talked to her in a couple of weeks and i was like you know mom's getting like kind of agoraphobic she's like no and then she talked to you you said she, she brought it up but i had noticed and what would happen this is how kind of i noticed a couple people who would like be in vegas or something like even when stanhope was out there you I, he's like yeah you say come out and hang out and you you got kind of weird and like no i don't really and I was like, oh, okay, maybe she just feels weird because she would get like, you said, I get nervous. Huh? And then JD was going to be out there and he mentioned like, yeah, we should link up and go to Joshua Tree or whatever. And you kind of got like, 
well, no, and he and he said something to me, and I'm like, no, my mom, and it kind of made me realize, like, oh, my mom's getting kind of like weirder. She doesn't, you you get like an anxiety around it, huh? I do. It's I've never had that before. It's so weird. Right. I, I don't think it's I, old age. I just think it's from being cooped up so long. Right, but this is what you have. Like when those things start happening to you, you have to like make active, concerted effort to push back against them, right? Um, yeah. Do you, would you, let me ask you this. I never asked you this. Are, do you feel fulfilled in your life? Like, like meaning, meaning, hold on. I mean, are you okay with the way, with the way it's where, and, and, um, do you feel, obviously you, everyone wants to, you know, do more and live, but are you, do you feel a sense of fulfillment or do you feel incomplete or unfulfilled so far in your life? No, I feel, I feel fulfilled. Like if okay, I, good. if I was to die tomorrow, I don't, uh, I mean, obviously, like you said, everybody has regrets, you know, <clears throat> of, of certain things they might do a little differently for different outcomes. But in the big picture of things, I would, no, not at all. I feel okay, very good. lucky and fortunate considering you know, how I grew up and where I came from and being Please. able to travel the world and have kids and party down in the key. Can we just take a minute here? <laughs> Let's take a minute here. Cause I, I tried to write you this the other day, but it didn't have any stance. And then I called you and I do this. Every, I mean, but one of the, when people hear about like the show or, or whatever it is, the stuff I do, the first thing every single person asks is who the hell does all that for you? This, this was a direct quote from uh, the new Kyle, um, the Asian Kyle. Uh, you must have a whole team around you. And the truth is I do now. You know, yeah. there's a, uh, um, uh, there's Jessica, there's Ashley, there's all the pebbles that just take part in everything we do. Um, you know, the 23 year old has helped, um, three year old's mom helped, JD helps a ton, Greg, there's, there is a whole team, but it all started There's The nexus of all of it is you and it is so astonishing and amazing how much you've you've learned and how much how capable you are how much of a problem solver you are all the the, the these qualities and attributes that you bring to this to make because make no mistake absolutely zero percent of this would have been possible without you and i don't mean a person out there to do these things i mean you specifically judy caldwell with the brain you have and the love you have and the commitment you have and the problem solving all these things you have um and i was going through this i was telling you this the other day and, and you said you remember what you said? You said, imagine if... Yeah, imagine if I was fortunate enough to have a good education and then go to college. I grew up... I didn't... Yeah, you never would have been a prostitute. <laughs> you know? That's right. And you probably wouldn't be swinging now with... Down in the keys, swinging with, in the keys. <laughs> yeah, fake boobs, swinging, <laughs> prostitution... And even with all that, you learn to run a website and uh, <laughs> promote a bunch of stuff and cross-promote and do all that. And uh, I thought that was a good point. Anyways, I just wanted to say that on record about how Thank amazing you, babe. you are. Yeah, you say that but all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, how much everyone loves you and all that. You got this. You have one minute remaining. Big old loving shoes, I feel. Now, when I call back, I want to talk about the hack of novelty because it's one thing to say like novel shit is what the meaningful parts of life are made out of right and, and not just novel but there are ways to um i think 
to live more of your life, to remember more of it, to step outside of the quagmire of monotony in order to actually live with a capital L. Um, so I have some ideas because I recently discovered something that surprised me how excited I got about it, and it's entirely novel and weird and strange, and um, it's, I'll, I'll tell you when I, when, when Ooh, I come Oh, yay. I'm excited. Okay. Uh, yay. <laughs> hey, so... Um, you got to stop prostituting at some point. You know what I mean? Like, Damn there's got to be a cutoff. There's, there's a market out there for 70-year-olds. Come on. You're not 70. No, but the Johns are. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Wait. There's a market for... Thank you for using GTL. So, I'm reading Wired Magazine. So, so when I come out here to get in the phone line, I have this really bugged out sense of not just doing nothing. So I bring books out here. People are always on my ass like, damn, you fucking read so much. And I'm, I promised myself I wasn't going to read for a month because I've just been reading multiple books and I got college and I got all this other stuff going on, which it hasn't been going so well because I got some new books someone sent me. And, uh, but my light reading is are the magazines. I bring a magazine out here and if I'm smart enough not to leave it, which isn't, isn't the case as much as it should be. I'll uh, I'll slowly go through it while I'm out here waiting. And I was waiting last night, and I'm reading a story in Wired magazine, and it's about LARPing. Now I'd seen the the title of it. It's I think it's called like Love and LARP or something like that. And based on the title, I'm like not interested. Uh, I'll that'll be one of the last ones I read. You know, there's one about this dude Srinivasan who I think was running Coinbase, and he's talking about the stuff that's going to replace nation states because money, technology will make it so money can't be taxed with crypto. All, just a bunch of um, um, crazy shit, which is really interesting and cool. But I started to run through the magazine and I got to love and LARP. Now, do you know what LARPing is, Mark? No, I was just going to ask you, what is that? LARPing stands for, it's an acronym, an acronym for, it stands for Live Action Role Play. And it's, it's much as the former prostitute in you wants to think that it, that has something to do with sex. It doesn't. I guess it could. Um, do you think some people think you're an actual prostitute? <laughs> I hope they do. I hope they do. Because you were. And it's okay. We accept you and uh, we still love you anyway. So LARPing is live action role play. And basically what it is, it's... Boy, did uh, Ryan give me shit because she made this connection before I did when I started talking about LARPing. It's basically Dungeons and Dragons shit. Um, but instead of being on the board with rolling a 20-sided die or whatever it is they do, it's like a real-life mock quest, like in real time. So you have, like, blunt... They're called boffs, I think, boot boffs. They're, like, blunted swords and softer weapons, you know, and you play a character, like one person's an elf with these powers, and they carry around hacky sacks that are, like... There's a famous... Um, a YouTube thing of a dude, he was actually on Tosh.0 where he was at a LARPing thing and he was going, fireball, 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 and he's throwing, like, <laughs> khaki facts, right? And if it hits you, like, it's some sort of spell, whatever it is, it's, it's basically Dungeons and Dragons in the real world. People get together. Okay, it's kind of like um, the Civil War reenactment guys. Okay. Do they, do they dress you know in I mean? costumes and stuff? Yes, fully. Fully, oh. just like those guys, right? And they right. play games and... Whatever. So, never really been interested in that. Um, actually, uh, dislike that stuff because it seems so cringy. 
Um, and I give uh, Blaze shit for it, and, and the lovable JD is into that, and him and some of the other people who I'm starting to realize, just as I'm saying this, that a lot of the people I hang out with seem to be into I think JC was into that. Uh, Blaze is definitely into that. And 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 so so that's LARPing. But this article is about something called Nordic LARPing. In Norway, Scan, Scan, this Scandinavian countries up there, um, I'm just not really sure how to use those terms, right? Like Scandinavian, Dutch, no, I don't understand which are crew. I just know like that area the with the weird names, with the names of all the consonants in them, you know, Rorkjavik, like stuff like that. Um, they have LARPing that is based on non-Dungeons and Dragons shit, right? So one of them, this is like in Europe, they'll have... Um, a, like a white trash barbecue in an Ohio trailer park, but it won't be in Ohio to be in Europe. And it's a bunch of people come out there and they have roles and characters and, and they have to stay in character and it's immersive and it's like a couple of days. One of them was like a Cold War thing. I think that might've been the first one. It took place in the eighties and it was in a bomb shelter during the end of the war world. Right. And the new one that the one that they're writing about the article, the journalist goes to is supposed to be, uh, you know, those conversion, those gay conversion camps that they have, like where they pray the gay away. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. So it's one of those. And the journalist is like, I've never done this before. He actually is gay. Um, but he goes out there and he gets his script a couple of weeks before he's told what to wear, what his name is, his backstory. And he gets out there and he meets the guy who's playing his boyfriend, um, who are both there trying to be converted back to straight, which everyone knows is possible if you just pray hard enough. And anyways, when I read about this, I was really surprised at how excited I was about it. I was like, oh my God, this would be amazing. Like, this would be really cool to to experience another person's perspective in another place during an, uh, another circumstance or set of events that you couldn't possibly know about, right? Like the Cold War bomb one. Right. Or it's almost like immersive history or perspective hopping. Uh, like um, when I started giving scenarios to Ryan when I was talking to her, they all involved me being some sort of smuggler. I don't know where that came from, <laughs> but like I'm some Yakuza boss or, or like I said, imagine some they do one of a dystopian future where like the world is fallen and, and everyone, you know, it's like 1984 or something. And, um, yeah, and it like really got me, like I would love LARPing if it's Nordic LARPing where you, you know, you have, there's a prison one. I guarantee you they're going to do a prison one. Yeah. You go there and writers, they do the whole story arc. You play a character, you stay in character, and then you live out this scenario. And you, it's almost like a hack where you get to be a different person and experience a different reality for a week or something. Yeah, I'm on board. And, it's, uh, it's like Halloween all year round. Oh, uh, you love mom's favorite Halloween. I know, Halloween. Halloween. Right. But I really... She was really surprised by it. She's like, ah, I'm fully into it, but I can't believe you are. And she's like, are you going to tell JD? Because, and I'm like, why? <laughs> I was like, oh, right. Because I give a shit about nerds right? like this yeah. all the time. But anyways, my point is, is that represents novelty. And if you want to hack, hack your way out of life becoming this mushy paste that there's only certain, like, you know, really sparse and spread out 
monumental uh, points on the timeline, be novel. Do, say, act in weird and strange ways. Like, see, like involve yourself in strangeness. And you know what I realized, too, when I, when, I, when I was thinking about this? You know who's really, really good at this? Huh. On their own? Doug Stanhope. Oh, yes. Doug Stanhope. Treat, treat life like a weird experimental video game. Or, or just a game in general, not even a video game, right? Uh, the captain would also do it. The captain would dress up as a Trump supporter and go to liberal places. He would dress up as an oil sheik and go to Trump rallies. Um, all just weird strangeness. It's almost like the universe rewards those who don't treat it as, so, as being something so serious. You know, it's almost like the fact that we remember novelty and that monotonous stuff is gross and repulsive. We don't like it. It's almost like that's a clue to the universe's purpose or to our purpose in it, at least, is that let's, like, be as weird as possible. Let's just do different strange things. And, and if that means, like, you know, um, wearing a bow tie to the beach or one of those old, what are those, like, old paper flat hats people used to wear, like, back in the newsy days? Like, you know what I mean? They're oh, like right. flat, yes. super flat on the top, really light, <laughs> and like uh, it's the kind like you pull on and off your head, like when you're doing that that dance, that jig. Like, hello, my darling, hello, baby, <laughs> hello, my friend. You know what I'm talking about? Those hats. Yeah. Like wear one hats around unexplained. Don't address it at all. Just pretend like you're not wearing it. Like don't even, you know, yeah. Like do say, wear weird things, embrace strangeness, go to a nudist beach. Um, just do shit outside your comfort zone, stuff you would never want to do, because I just think that those are really important experiences in life, and it's a way to hack your way out of taking everything so seriously, of kind of going through life, treating it as it's like some long job interview that you're never going to end up getting anyways. You know, have some fun. Go to weird LARPing things where you get to pretend to be in a gay conversion camp or music festivals. Go to a damn music. Go to an EDM music festival. I don't care who you are, and if you think that music's terrible, which I think a lot of it is, people there are so loving and like stomach wrenching, positive, and just and they love when older people come. They treat them like with respect and love. And go to like some bowling tournament or axe throwing tournament. Just do shit. Drive in reverse to work. <laughs> drive, blindfold yourself and drive yourself reverse to work. No, don't do that. But you know what I mean? I just think that one time I, I, uh, I've had this, I bought this toy at a thrift store, and it was an X-Files toy, and it was um, an alien on a gurney. Do you remember this when you came out to Orlando and I drank a bottle of Robitussin, and I was wearing that weird, like, puffy sleeveless winter vest and I walked around with that toy in my pocket everywhere. No, I don't remember that part. <clears throat> it was when Jenna and Amber lived together in Orlando and you came out there. I don't I remember super that. super short, cut off jean like Daisy Duke shorts that oh. were like, they were and I once to, I also once dressed up from the 1980s. When I first came up to Traverse City, I didn't know anyone but Amber and she brought me to like her and Shane's friends like party. And I never broke character. I had um, uh, a button-up. You have one minute remaining. I got a picture of you. I got a picture of you. Right, and super short shorts, (laughs) high socks 
with a cigarettes rolled up inside, a handlebar, a fake handlebar mustache, and I never once broke character, and I weirded a ton of people out. And, yeah, so I just think... Uh, I just think that if anyone's trying to, to get out, let's be more weird, let's be more novel, let's stop like giving this life the reverence it refuses to give us. And, um, yeah. Or, if you don't have... Thank you for using GTL. So, yeah, there's that. You got any ideas for what you might do? No, I, I don't, want you but... to I... do something <clears throat> novel. Yeah, but I'm definitely going to look up LARPing. For sure. Yeah. Um, it'd be cool to do a touring one, um, like the start one. Uh, you want to read my thing I, I was jotting down earlier yeah. uh, for novel ideas? It says Doug is a master at the top. Uh, Nordic LARPing, dress weird, meet meet a new one new person a day for a month, treat life like the simulation it is, uh, try weird diets. There's like a big spectrum of experiences, a lot of which that were mandatory um, just a couple hundred years ago that we don't do anymore. Or go to Burning Man, uh, buy a birthday cake for a bum, and drink a fifth with him or her. Oh, marry an immigrant for citizenship. Oh, check that one. The one. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough, Mom. You did do that one. Come to prison, don't come to prison. But listen to a show about prison and have the experiment, uh, the experience through um, an audio form of LARPing. Know the lingo, learn the lingo, know someone in the joint, and the pebbles. Check that all off your list. Right. And, uh, and think of some other weird shit to do. And if you can think of weird shit to do, go ahead and drop us a couple lines on uh, Patreon or or whatever. Yeah, know. we should come up with our own LARPing. And everyone, oh, yeah, notes from the pen. LARPing, yeah. Uh, when I get out, we'll rent out a gym and we'll create a, a uh, yeah, we'll create a, Oh, we'll create a, a pole barn, level one uh, <laughs> facility, and we'll all have bunks, and we'll be into eight-man cubes, and we'll make spud juice. And Come up with nicknames. Yeah, I want a cool nickname. Yeah, we'll, we'll do some prison LARPing to give everyone the, the, the full experience. Um, yeah, so that's it. You know, Mama C has obviously done some, and I'm going to go and see new and novel ways that I can remain present in, uh, in my daily life in prison. So... Go live. Anything else to add? No, just go out and live. Have fun. Go out and live. Have fun. Don't be agoraphobic. Mama C's working on it. So I am. You. Mm-hmm. We love you, and uh, we're so glad you're part of our weird LARP session that, uh, that we've been building for a while. So take us out of here, Mom. You take us out of here. On behalf of all of our Pebbles and uh, all the team behind the scenes, and uh, we love you guys. We are gone. We gone. Go do some strange shit. Hi, everybody. Mama C here. For the complete library, full episodes, and bonus content, and mainly to support this cause, visit Notes from the Pen on Patreon. To learn more about body and prison reform, visit our website, notesfromthepen.com. And follow us on Twitter to stay current. This has been another Notes from the Pen production.